Hey guys, welcome to Athena's Might. I'm your host, Pauline, and this podcast centers around the benefits of strength training for women, female health issues, as well as how lifting benefits women's health in general. Throughout the show, I'll be bringing members from the Lady Lifters, the UNCC female weightlifting team slash club, and we'll be talking about their experiences about how weightlifting has benefited them physically, mentally, and emotionally. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoy. Hey guys, welcome back to Athena's Mic. This is episode 16, and I'm your show host, Pauline Elietta. Today's episode will be a little bit different. This is supposed to be a Halloween, spooky-themed, spooktacular um, tone environment of an episode. So I only wanted to really do this type of episode in honor of Halloween because I'm a big horror game girly. There, I said it. Secret is out in the air. No, I'm just kidding. It's not a secret. I love horror games, but here's the thing. I am a total wuss. I'm I'm very spooked. I get spooked so easily. Just ask my friends. Anytime you come up behind me to say hello, I'm about to jump like I'm going to poop my pants. But that doesn't ever stop me from enjoying a good old classic horror game. And you're going to be asking, hey, Pauline, what? how is this relevant to women's health and wellness and fitness? Well, here's the thing, guys. I wanted to talk to you about a very revolutionary horror game that I feel best encapsulates the feminine slash womanhood slash girlhood experience. And before the whole fitness aspect even ties into it, I want to step back and scale back and say, so for me and a lot of my girlfriends and other women included, a lot of what got us into strength training or exercising and fitness in general was that we grew up in really, lack of a better word, shitty circumstances. And I think that this video game is so good at showing how far it can go. And so with that in mind, I do want to add in an episode disclaimer saying that this episode will mention some parts of um, psychological horror because this video game is a psychological horror title. It's also very popular. And before I unveil it, I do want to say this game has themes of SA, stalking, a lot of blood. It's not gory by any means, but it's just bloody because it mentions stuff about uh, menstruation. And also, this might be obviously very triggering or maybe heavy for some people, but definitely um, birth and forced birth in particular. This obviously does tie into the story of the video game. So it's not to say that I'm the one casting all these ideas uh, for a a fitness podcast. Hell no, I'm not doing that. I'm just saying this video game that I'm talking about has a lot of these elements, but I think they're integral to understanding female strength and where our sense of empowerment comes from in the fact that we are able to overcome the adversity that society and other people put upon us. So with that in mind, I just want to say, just watch out. If you're not in a good headspace to listen to any of this, I just recommend listening to another episode or just clicking off entirely. That's perfectly fine. But the video game that I wanted to talk about was Silent Hill 3. So for all my gamer people out there, you're going to be thinking, why Silent Hill 3? Well, the, here's the thing. Okay, for other people that don't game, I'm not going to talk... Well, actually, I'm going to backtrack, right? I'm going to backtrack into the history of Silent Hill before I talk about the third installment. So for those of you who are not into video games or whatnot, 
Silent Hill is a psychological horror video game series. It has spawned, I think, or it managed to develop two adaptations in the forms of movies. One was Silent Hill 1, or just basic Silent Hill. The other one's Silent Hill Revelations, which is supposed to be like an adaptation of the third game we'll be talking about today. But here's the thing. They're, in my opinion, they're not as good. Reddit can say otherwise regarding the first Silent Hill movie, but the but Revelations was definitely really dumb. And the reason why I'm bringing this all up is because Silent Hill is a very revolutionary video game series in terms of developing and establishing psychological horror as a foundation. So a lot of people look towards The Shining, um, American Psycho for psychological horror. And with Silent Hill being a very big development especially in the 90s because a lot of 90s video games were entering a new form of horror uh, resident evil for a lot of people the one with all the zombies and stuff they were entering or i think silent hill and resident evil were developed around the same year or so or maybe one of them was released before the other i can't remember but and but 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 here's the thing here let me cook let me cook these games were revolutionary because they were recently um, launched on the new PlayStation 2 at that time in 1999, I believe. And I'm just going to say I'm very biased towards the PlayStation. I love a place. I love a good PlayStation. I'm a PlayStation girly through and through. I try to get on the Xbox. I really just love the Xbox 360. I'm just going to be for real with everybody, but I love me a good PlayStation 2. And to talk about it, a lot of the good um, horror games or foundational horror games were developed on PlayStation 2. So with that out of the way, I'm going to talk a little bit more about the Silent Hill series in and of itself. So I did mention earlier that it delved a lot with psychological horror. So to deconstruct that meaning, psychological horror is basically a horror that deals with your mind. So your greatest fears, symbolic representation, symbolic monsters... Meanwhile, a lot of video games now, like Resident Evil, is um, survival horror. So survival horror is like you're trapped in Raccoon City, you're trapped in a zombie apocalypse, you got to scavenge and get resources and all of that. That's not to say you can't have survivor horror elements in a psychological horror game like Silent Hill, but it's the main, I guess, predominant themes. So with Resident Evil, Resident Evil was primarily about horror uh not i mean duh horror but surviving with the limitations of resources and like managing all of that and trying to fight off zombies in a really tanky you know tanky environment meanwhile silent hill featured a lot of characters that were just everyday people and the fact that they use everyday people people that look like us that act like us that go to school one of them could be your coworker, one of them could be your roommate made it more relatable and just grounded in reality because you're taking all of these everyday people in situations where they actually experience their own hell because that's the whole motif of Silent Hill in the lore Silent Hill was actually like a town I think the Civil War but even prior to the Civil War it was like a Native American like spiritual ground it was haunted and whatnot but this is all very like general summarization of it and I just gonna I just want to give like really good foundational points because 
a lot of the lore does transfer into the main games. So I don't necessarily know how many Saw Hill games are in total. The developer, aka publisher, actually, hold on. Konami is a publisher of the company. The developers are separate. My bad. The publishers of the company, Konami, they've adapted so many games, but we'll focus on the main four. These were developed by the primary team. These are all um, like the main developers, so to speak. And here's the thing. There were Japanese developers. And I think this is really cool because you can see so much cultural influence with that. And a lot of them used Western horror. They were big fans of The Shining. They were big fans of David Lynch and whatnot. And they used a lot of that in the video games. So Team Silent developed four games before they disbanded because I think the Konami just wanted to do something. Typical Konami. So they developed Silent Hill 1, 2, 3, and 4. The thing with these four games is that they're kind of, in a sense, anthologies. So they're not directly like sequels towards the predecessor of the title. But the only two connected video games that are directly like connected and linked in terms of timeline and story are Silent Hill 1 and 3. Now... I'm going to give you the basic synopsis of Silent Hill 1. So Silent Hill 3 will make sense. And I'll get to the whole part of how I thought of the fact that Silent Hill 3 would be a good video game to talk about in terms of the feminine retrospect. So buckle up your seatbelts. This will be maybe one of the biggest TLDRs I'll ever talk about in my life. So Silent Hill 1 was a video game developed by Team Silent. And it released on the PlayStation 2 in 1999. And you have a protagonist named Harry Mason. Now, here's the thing. Harry Mason was a single dad just doing his best. He found this baby with his wife, Jody off the side of the road. Here's the thing. In the video game, they never talk about Jody. Jody probably died. I have no clue. But most important thing is that he finds this girl off the side of the road. And she's, you know, bundled up and stuff. And she's a baby. So he then adopts her and names her Cheryl because him and his wife at that time, they wanted a kid named Cheryl. And uh, I think maybe fast forward to 10, 15 years later or something. I don't even know. I'm not the best with ages and stuff like that. I forget how old I am sometimes. (laughs) But um, at the beginning of Silent Hill 1, when um, video games back then in PS2 era and Xbox, they would play like video game intros like FMV. So literally um, 3D movies, quote unquote, like short snippets of the movie. There's the snippet and intro of Harry Mason driving down his kid, Cheryl. And the reason why they're driving down on this specific highway, they're going to go to the town of Silent Hill, which I think is in Maine because a lot of horror stories are in Maine because Stephen King. I'm not too sure. I got to check up on that. But... They're driving down to May, not Maine, Silent Hill, and the only thing that really went wrong is, like, it's so spooky. I think about this intro all the time with the music. You gotta watch it too. That's what I recommend. I I feel like I'm not doing enough justice to talk about how important this video game series is, in my opinion. But something tragically goes wrong to where Harry is driving down the highway or driving down the road. And he sees this girl dressed in a schoolgirl outfit and she's walking out. And this actually does happen in the intro. She's walking out and he, like, like there's a camera close-up of 
him and the girl that make eye contact and then he swerves around her to make sure he doesn't hit her and that's when the game starts so the game actually really begins with this whole narrative scope that harry wakes up and he luckily survived the car accident so he woke up he survived the car accident and the scariest thing that could ever go through a parent or someone that's taking care of somebody is that they look to their right in the passenger seat and their loved one isn't there and that's exactly what happens so harry wakes up from a car accident and he looks to his right cheryl's not there and he decides to step out of the car in this foggy environment really gloomy gray just eerie eerie forest and he treks into the unknown and i love that intro because if you see the ps2 graphics it's a very uncanny feeling it's not triple a like hyper realistic it's like people are just developing models for human beings right and they look kind of like dolls and it's just really creepy in my opinion so i gave this basic synopsis because it's going to tie into silent hill 3 and the reason why is that at the end or the first part in the first game basically harry discovers that the girl that he was going to run into or run over on the highway was a girl named Alyssa gillespie and he eventually found himself into the town of silent hill but it's not the way he would have wanted it to go. He would have wanted a merry vacation and be like, hey, kid, you know, hey, Cheryl, let's go to the carnival. No, everything was empty. And there are actually like really monstrous creatures roaming around and it just freaks you out. I'm just saying this game was so good in environmental storytelling and the ambience just whoo, freaks me out still when I think about it. But eventually in the first game, spoilers ahead, I'm just giving this right now for people that have yet to play the game. Um, Harry discovers that there is a cult that is running the town, shocker, and they have been using the girl that he's going to run over, aka Alyssa Gillespie, as a host to birth their religious god. And the thing that happened is that Alyssa and Cheryl are linked because they are two halves of the same soul. So Cheryl is actually part of Alyssa that did somehow escape because there was a ritual that had gone wrong way before the game started where Alyssa was basically getting, you know, tortured to birth the god. And she was so powerful because I think in the game she has like psychic powers or something. She was so powerful in a blast of rage. She basically almost killed everybody. And the only remaining people in the town is the cult leader and some other followers and um, a police officer. So she kills everybody and she is so angry she splits herself in half. So she leaves behind Alyssa, which is the OG, like the dark... Um, vengeful bitter soul and then she splits off into cheryl which is the innocent naive pure soul and what we do come to find out is that harry found that same cheryl on the side of the road just as a baby all bundled up and just nobody knew about her so he did inevitably adopt one half of the psychic like the psychic child that could you know like bring about hell essentially and the most unique thing about silent hill one is that the environment the monsters that you encounter the darkness and the environment are all reflections of Alyssa's mind because she was so strong she eventually or 
essentially she projected all her fears, her anger from being treated like a dog by the cult into the town. And I had to summarize this game because in Silent Hill 3, there are big elements of the whole Alyssa slash Cheryl thing. And we leave off with Heather Mason because at the end of the game and Silent Hill 1, the canon ending is that you fight the big devil boss that was supposed to rule over the cult that was to bring about quote unquote paradise or whatnot in Silent Hill 1. And Harry essentially receives Cheryl as a baby yet again. Like Alyssa essentially fuses herself with Cheryl. Like she kind of becomes one with her pure self. I'm sorry if this sounds so complicated, but there's actual video game walkthroughs in lore deep dives and whatnot so if you're confused and i didn't explain something right that you know i gave you the go ahead to look it all up right so she fuses herself with cheryl and she eventually presents like the new baby because it's like a corporal figure to harry and she said take this child run off get out of this town and don't ever come back your child will be safe so that's what we leave off with and eventually begin with in Silent Hill 3. So Silent Hill 3, we have Heather Mason. And so what happened during the years where Harry was running away was that Harry would eventually rename Cheryl to Heather to hide her identity and whatnot. Heather would grow up and not know about her cult identity, her psychic powers and whatnot. But in the game, she is called to go back to the town and essentially end the whole undoing of the cult because the cult once again is trying to track down heather herself so that they can use heather to once again birth the god and you can kind of see where i'm going here and the reason why i thought of this video game and using it as an example for the trials and tribulations of womanhood and girlhood is because i watched this really good video for a lot of people I recommend you guys watching really good like video essays on video games. And I know you don't want people to talk at you when you're being talked at in school, but it's about a video game that you like or a story that you like, and I think it's worth it. So I watched this really good video by the YouTuber at Tango Mushi, T-A-N-G-O-M-U-S-H-I. And the title was Silent Hill 3 Exploring Womanhood Through Horror. And I really got to thinking, I think this is a good topic to talk about during Halloween because horror video game and also horror elements of, you know, being a person, being a woman. Because a lot of Halloween elements are from folklore and a lot of them do actually have maybe folklore mythologies that tie back into how people were afraid of back then. So I wanted to use Silent Hill 3 as an example and as something to present for a lot of women to just have a space to relate to when they're going through it, right? And I did want to go back to my heavy disclaimer that Silent Hill 3 is a very, I'd say, heavy game to stomach because it's very visual and explicit in terms of blood. It talks and implies, not even talks, it implies heavily about SA and being stalked and it just makes you feel uncomfortable. And the reason why I talk about this is because I want to say that I got into weightlifting because I had a lot of feelings of insecurity and just 
being vulnerable. And this game captures that feeling so, so well. And I want to bring up an example from Tango Mushi's video. So there's a part in the video game where you playing, you're playing as Heather, right? And you stumble upon this construction site in the dark. And you're in the town of Silent Hill because you're going back and making sure you have your revenge and ending the cult. And there's something in there that just tells you that you cannot, you shouldn't be here. You should not be in here. But you can't go back necessarily. You cannot backtrack. So the only way through is going through the dark construction site. And then there's like a big, not big, there's like a small rumble in the distance or whatnot. And this made me feel so uneasy because you're playing as a female character and a lot of women, especially I think at this point, every woman is told never to go in the dark. Don't ever go out by yourself. If you're going to walk, walk where the light can see you and have pepper spray, have anything. But this game is so good at taking feminine horror and deliberately placing you in those situations. I've kind of cringed because I actually did see gameplay of this when I was young and I understood how frightening it was. So in the Philippines, I had this whole like PlayStation 2 that I shared with my siblings and one of the games that my mom shipped back to us was Silent Hill 3 for some reason. I was five or six and I saw my brother boot up the first level of the game. And the first level of the game is that Heather wakes up in this like bloody, like dirty carnival and it's dark and she looks around and nothing is there. Nobody is there. No one's literally inhabiting the environment. And she decides to walk up this roller coaster track because there's no roller coaster. And then I think she turns around and sees that like there's this, uh, there's this bunny like stalking her like this bunny mask and that just sent shrivels up my spine i think i couldn't sleep during that time but okay anyways i'm gonna i'm gonna actually track back to why this is really good feminine horror so i want to use this example for feminine horror because a lot of exercise and taking care of yourself for women i feel that a lot of that has come from places where we don't want to be seen as vulnerable or prey and the reason why we see ourselves like that by default is that we're physically weaker than men. And throughout, I would say, I'm going to place this on Western society. Throughout Western society, a lot of women or women in general have been expected to be homemakers, to bear the children, to bear the brunt of withholding a lot of emotional labor and a lot of emotional pain. And have been mocked at and haven't really had the chance to develop a voice until, you know, like whole woman suffrage and whatnot. But even back then, there were revolutionaries, like male revolutionaries who vouched for women to have their opinions and whatnot. And I researched this a little bit, even in the whole bodybuilding and strong, like strong man, strong woman scene, women were still judged for wanting to be muscular and wanting to be strong in the 1930s. I think there were three prominent strong women that went outside the bounds of societal norms and expectations. So they weren't seen as like frail, submissive women. And I think that's really important because this video game, Silent Hill 3, takes that up to a notch. Because for people that haven't seen gameplay, Silent Hill 3 is so... 
man, it's a very sentimental piece too because you take a very vulnerable girl and aka Heather and even the way she's dressed, she wears like this orange turtleneck and this white sweater vest. But the most important part is she wears a mini skirt and these really weird discount Uggs. I'm a I'm sorry, Heather, but she wears this fit. And even when I was a kid, I would look at her outfit and her character design. And every time I saw the mini skirt, and I was like, she's running around in a mini skirt and there's monsters chasing after her. Do people not realize how tight and restrictive that is? And I think that's really cool. And for people that don't know why I'm talking so much about this, it's because it's really minor details. But a lot of this attributes to character design. And you can find a lot of character design in movies, TV shows, video games. And I want to give you guys some, you know, food for thought that character design or especially really good ones can help convey the story or the emphasis of the story way more than maybe even the actual plot itself. So thinking about actually shy, maybe immature teenage girl wearing like restrictive clothing, going through monsters basically in her own personal hell, it's saying a lot because... I feel that from a young age, women are taught to do this. Women are taught to restrict themselves and withhold a lot of emotional um, emotional baggage, right? Emotional discussions. So one of the big themes in this video game is menstruation because there's a lot of blood in the video game, not even like gory blood, but like there's literal blood on the walls type of thing going on. And I think this is really important because... When I was young, I was actually really excited to get my first period because I thought this is when I'm going to be a woman, you know, I'm going to be, you know, a girl, I'm going to be a teenage girl, I'm going to be older and more mature. But when I got it, I felt awful. Like I legitimately thought Satan, or not Satan, God punished me for playing Skyrim way too long and way too often and sneaking into my older brother's room to play it. So... There's a lot of that, and I know I'm going on a tangent, but I want to connect this to female like strength and empower strength and empowerment through weightlifting, because I think that finding your way into the gym when you've come from essentially a place where there's a very high chance people have told you you cannot look this way, you cannot act like this way, you can't voice your opinion, you can't say no to a guy or to an older male figure if they do say if they do something for you but you don't feel comfortable you can't act this way you know and you have to compare yourself to other women so men will look at you more with more desire right and i feel that it's awesome to kind of break hold of that chain and break the mold of those expectations by entering the gym where it's a very more like masculine, hyper-masculine environment, but a lot of more gym girlies, they're more proud to show off their quads. They, you know, share some really cute outfits. They're feeling themselves more. I feel that a lot of women aren't just doing leg days or squat days only. They're actually doing upper body days and making themselves look stronger and whatnot. And I really think it's because we've realized that we don't need to be like that now. We don't need to be kind of like Heather to where we restrict ourselves, but we'll also be like Heather and experience our own, for lack of a better word, personal health time to time. So I really feel that this game was so important in showing me just how far a woman can go in pushing 
the boundaries and expectations away of having to stick to a rigid box, having to stick to be expected to be like a homemaker and say like, hey, I want to be a career woman, you know, and I really like that. And I know it must have been really out there to use a psychological horror game, but I think it also ties into the fact that this game was one of the more subtle video games to talk about menstruation. And throughout history, like even in the Victorian era, menstruation was highly looked down upon because, I mean, a woman was bleeding and you didn't really, you know, a lot of people didn't respect women back then. So therefore, they didn't really respect menstruation. They thought menstruation was scary and when i was growing up i wasn't taught about birth control you know so a lot of just women like like pubertal growth or like like female puberty topics or hormonal topics just feels kind of shunned and i really like the fact that silent hill 3 didn't pull away from that said hey this is a pivotal part of being a woman this is a pivotal part of what makes it being so scary because you have this biological scientific event, not even event, but I guess a phenomena or just operation or system, let's say system for lack of a better word, that detrimentally can weaken the woman. And to see this presented in a video game so subtly where, you know, Heather's walking around and she's a teenage girl and there's so much blood and there's topics about forced birth, it just goes to show how many women are even put into these situations and it's scary. And I just believe that this game is so impactful for a lot of women because one, you can relate to her. And two, it's just, it's such a unifying type of space to say like, hey, I've been going through this whole ordeal. I can't believe a game gets me, you know? And like what I said with the whole fitness topic and whatnot, I think the reason why I concluded or link these two together was that at the end of the game silent hill 3 ends with heather like canonically in the good ending heather basically defeats the cult but here's the thing she kills the god that she was supposed to give birth to and she basically realizes that her body is her own and she has her own journey to fulfill and it's not going to be indoctrinated or controlled by a certain group member or a cult and i really liked that because when I think about it from my perspective and through other women's perspective, I feel that that could be as a sign or interpretation of women throughout the years. Like when you finally step into the gym, when you finally meet friends at the gym that encourage you to be better, you're designing your own path for yourself that other people aren't telling you for, right? You're designing your own way of becoming stronger. Heather's was to leave the cult behind and Fun fact, she actually adopts her former name, Cheryl. She doesn't go by Heather anymore. It's called Cheryl. So she acknowledges her history of having been a separated soul and having ties to a cult. Maybe for you, it could be, hey, I'm leaving behind this expectation of me having to be a mother. I'm leaving this expectation behind for me to be the big sister that everybody needs to look up to or I have to solve the problems with, you know. I'm leaving this expectation that I'm always going to be dainty or feminine and I'm going to carve out my own path through fitness and taking care of myself. I really love this idea because as much as it is horrifying to be a woman, there's so much power to it because you have all these, not even like experiences, but you have so much potential to just craft your own wisdom that I think it's so necessary for every woman to at least play this game. And 
it's one of those like slow burner games. It's not like very jump scare heavy, which is what I like. That's what most Silent Hill games are like too. They're not very jump scare heavy. If they were, I wouldn't be talking about them. But I did want to say this game might be a little too much for some people, especially with the whole stalking part and maybe blood part. So take that what you will. If you can handle it, I would say find a copy on eBay and get it. If not, that's okay. But I wanted to show you guys my favorite feminine horror piece for my belated Halloween episode. And I wanted to just tell you and fangirl you about how good this game is in understanding what it means to be a woman or maybe feminine presenting. So thank you guys so much for listening to my cha- my tangent. I hope to talk about another cool thing in the next podcast or next episode. And once again, I hope you guys... Have a good one.